0: Welcome to the Compete Every Day podcast, a weekly show to help you harness the power of competition to be better than yesterday. Hear each week from performance leaders, coaches, and experts on the benefits of competition and how you can use it to win at work and in life. And now, your host, Chief Encouragement Officer at Compete Every Day, Jake Thompson.
1: What's up, competitors? Welcome back to the Compete Every Day podcast. My name is Jake Thompson. I'm your host. I am the chief encouragement officer here at Compete Every Day. And most importantly, I am a man on a mission to not only create competitors, but to help those competitors become the very best they possibly can be in their work, in their relationships, in their goal pursuits, and in their life. That's what I'm about. That's what this show is about. And I'm excited you are here. I had the opportunity to connect with this week's guest through James. James, my man that does the podcast editing. He's been with me since day one of the show through season one here in season two. He knows our guest well because he works with our guest on his show. He's like, you guys have got to connect. And then after connecting we start to realize that the world is indeed much smaller as we have a number of connections and friends in common. So, man, today's conversation was great. It is right in line with the Compete Everyday message and is going to give you a fresh perspective on this idea of perseverance. The guest this week is none other than actor and podcast host Matthew Del Negro. Matthew is the host of the 10,000 Nose podcast that I highly recommend you check out. He is also an actor and has been in everything from The West Wing, Law & Order, The Sopranos. And he's now in a show called Goliath. And you see, Matthew understands perseverance because as an actor, you're constantly going in for auditions and you're constantly hearing no. That's right. Matt had started to build a podcast on a show after hearing, no, 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 you're not the guy. Nope, we went somewhere else. Nope, 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 nope. Yet he still continued to show up for auditions. He still continued to go in because he believed in himself. He believed in his ability to excel when given the opportunity. And so just like anyone in any stage and in any role, you've got to be able to keep pressing forward when you face rejection. When you're in sales, you're making sales call after sales call after sales call, and not every person's going to say yes, but that shouldn't prevent you from continuing to pick up the phone. If you're starting your own business, not everyone is your customer, and so people are going to tell you no. And if you're like Matthew, and you want to be an actor, and you're acting, heck, Matthew is an established actor, and he still hears the word no but he still keeps going back to auditions and he keeps acting. And so Matthew's going to take you on his journey now from playing lacrosse in college to being an actor in some of the biggest shows today. And what it takes, what it takes to persevere through hearing no. So if you're listening to the show this week and you feel like all you've heard lately is no or rejection, this episode is for you. If you've struggled with failure after failure after failure, and you don't know when you're eventually going to win, and you're starting to think you're going to just give up, this episode is for you. And if you're in the individual who's still sitting on the couch, who's still kind of listening to the show and hanging out in the community from, from behind the scenes watching, and you're not taking action because you're afraid of what will happen if you fail, what will happen if someone tells you no, man, this episode is for you. The wisdom Matthew is going to share in this week's episode is awesome. And not only that, but he's got applicable takeaways for you to start applying right now. Things you can do immediately after listening to the show on how you can handle rejection, how you can handle that word no and not break stride, not slow down in the pursuit of that goal. So, I'm excited about this show. It's all about how you can be a better competitor, how you will not let the word no prevent you from your goals, prevent you from your dreams, and from taking massive action and doing great things. So let's get after it. Who's ready for a new episode, competitors? Man, let's rock and roll. Excited to welcome to the show Matthew Del Negro. Matthew, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good, man. Thank you, Jake. Thanks for having me. Dude, so we were connected uh, by a mutual friend who works with both of our podcasts. And so the 10,000 Knows podcast is your baby. But uh, before we dive into what created it, why don't you introduce a little bit about who you are to the listeners?
2: Okay, cool. Cool. Um- yeah i'm i'm an actor that's what i do uh people might know me from uh scandal or the recent movie wind river or um the west wing sopranos uh trying to think of what you know scandal was the big one there's a movie hot pursuit which was actually originally don't mess with texas so your your uh, (laughs) listeners might like that that was the working title and then it changed to hot pursuit that was with uh reese witherspoon and sofia vergara um and uh, I guess, kind of you know pertinent to your audience, i, I used to play lacrosse and co- I played Division One lacrosse at Boston College, so you know, athletic background. and uh, yeah, started in New York, been out here in l a for about thirteen years now. Um, was in New York for ten years before that. and uh, yeah, I'm, you I'll let you ask away, and we could kind of fill in the blanks what
1: know? uh what inspired you to go into acting?
2: Oh, that's a long, I, you know, it's funny. I'm glad we talked about the, your episode length. Cause I'm like, do I get the short <laughs> versions or the long versions? There could be a big can of worms. Uh, you know, long story short on that was, um, I had been playing sports my whole life. Uh, played, played football and lacrosse in high school and then lacrosse in college. And I was at BC, um, loved my experience playing lacrosse, but, uh, Junior year, a lot of people go study abroad spring of junior year. And I kind of thought I would I would do the same. And I, people had gone to Australia. I thought that sounded cool. And then I realized it was gonna you know overlap with my lacrosse season. So I ended up going to Italy between sophomore and junior year. And I was going out with a girl who also went to BC and was studying uh, in Florence a couple of hours away. Long story short, we broke up. My sister had gotten me a journal, I started filling the journal. I was basically having like a, you know, like a midlife crisis at at age 20 and um, started pouring everything into a journal. And and that was the point where I was kind of outside of my element and outside of like, you know, all of the the identities that you have in your own life. And I started to question it and go, oh, maybe I wanna write, maybe I wanna act, maybe I wanna do something different. Um, Went back to school, played fall ball because I just kind of went back into, the old routine. And at the end of fall ball, uh, I was, I was jogging around the field there in practice. And I thought, man, I kind of wish I'd roll my ankle right now. So I wouldn't have to be here. And I was like, this is crazy. And uh, a couple months later, I found myself auditioning for a play. Uh, I I got a part. I did it. Absolutely loved it. And I just said to everybody, I'm going to be an actor. And I just literally just turned like 180 degrees. and, And I think people thought I was probably, insane in the beginning and then i just i just said this is what i'm going to do and um and it's been a lot you know a long haul of learning and clawing my way up and digging deep kicked in the teeth
1: You (laughs) you know but uh it's it's worked out okay and it sounds like i mean from a little bit the competitive side that you had playing lacrosse is is obviously still there because you're constantly going to audition i mean that ultimately the life of an actor, right, is continuing to audition to do your best. And I believe that's probably what led you down the path to your show and and the brand 10,000 No's.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a real correlation between um, athletics and, you know, any kind of performance. And, you you know, if you uh, if you are an actor professionally, yeah, you're going to go, as I would say, it's like you got to go out and and club you know, club that bear and, and pull it back into the cave and divvy it up for you and your family to eat. And then when you're out of, out of the meat, you got to go back out and get the next one. And, um, you know, you're only, you're only as good as your last job. So you're kind of like, you got to keep your, keep your knife sharpened and, um, and you've got to be, uh, just on the hunt for the next, for the next gig. And that does involve a lot of rejection and having to overcome being knocked down and pick yourself back up. So a lot of those lessons I learned in sports have certainly come in handy, you know, when it it comes to being, um,
1: persistent and, uh, having resilience. So what, What led you wanting to open up and talk about that? Because I know I I started to ask you before we got on air and you're like, oh, we got to talk. We got to talk with everyone involved in the conversation. But what led you to want to share the story of overcoming that rejection, overcoming that word no and how to do it better?
2: Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's kind of as an actor, because for whatever reason, you know, there there is this perception that being an actor is glamorous. So if you're on TV or in films, um, people, as I am, people will come up to you and go like, Oh, and, they, and they'll know you from something and they'll talk. And it's always really flattering and cool. And, um, unless they're, you know, unless they're a freak and it's intrusive and you're with your kids or something like that, but you're, you know, you're always very, very, uh, appreciative of it, but I would always walk away from it thinking, man, they've got such a different idea of what my life is than what it really is. And it just, I had been getting into conversations with people my entire life where I've, uh, for whatever reason, people with pretty, I think pretty special people have opened up to me and been honest and, you know, uh, kind of told me a lot of things. And what I realized was that there's this common thread of these people that are in positions that everybody looks at and goes, oh man, that guy's the CEO of this company. That must be so cool. Or this must be, you know, that, that person climbs Mount Everest. That's so cool. But when you scratch the surface, you realize, yes, it is cool. But what went into them getting to that point? You know, what's the origin story? And it always has to do with someone overcoming adversity. And, and, and in each one of these stories, and I would venture to say anybody that you pull off the sidewalk and say, you know, if you ask someone enough questions and you scratch the surface, you're going to get to a point where that person has gone through the ringer to get to where they are. And I'm fascinated by it. And I just felt like there have been times in my career when I've been you know, you really get, you get your hopes up, you have expectations, you get really close to something, you don't get it. And it just depletes you of your energy. And you feel like, man, I don't want to go on, you know, you want to stay in bed with the covers over you and you got to get up and, and take the next step and get back in the game. And I just felt like if I could kind of, instead of hiding all of that and like, which is what I think would happen, you know, people would ask you like, Oh, it's great. It's great. And sometimes it wasn't great. You know, sometimes it was great, but there are times in an actor's career, any actor where you're down in the valley and it is rough, man. It's rough. And so I felt like, what if I could create something that listeners could go there and they could hear these people that they looked up to as heroes or maybe they don't know the people, but they have pretty fascinating stories and realize like, oh, I'm not alone. This person went through hell and back And they're still standing and they're actually doing really well right now. So maybe I can get out of bed today and keep going after my dream, or maybe I can go after that dream that, that I have, but I'm, I've been too scared to, to take the leap. You know, it's just trying to one, trying to entertain people with, with cool stories of, of people's origin stories and two, trying to inspire and give people a takeaway to go, you know, walk into their life a little more confident and a little more equipped to deal with the no's that are in their life, whatever that
1: walk of life may be, you know? Dude, I love it. Thanks, man. It's funny, you know, listening to you talk about some of these stories and, and obviously, ironically, knowing your involvement with The show Goliath, you know, one of the things we talk about at Compete is the idea that a lot of times when you're facing adversity in life, you feel like you're the only person standing up against a Goliath, a giant, and that, you know, you don't think you have what it takes to win or you don't have what it takes to win. And it's what you believe until you see someone else doing what you want to do, what they're overcoming, the things that they're achieving. and, And just like you said, you start to think. Well, man, if they got up and did it, maybe I can get out of bed and and do it again and try again and, and keep going. And it, it's powerful seeing stories played out in other people's lives, um, and that and that potential that it makes you believe. Which once you believe, you have a chance. You start to talk and act differently. What What do you remember? in your own life, the one of the worst rejections you had from a casting call and what made you want to get up the next day and go back? Was there a person? Was there a story? Was there an instance that gave you that spark after one of those days you were just like, screw this, I want to quit?
2: I mean, wow, that's a, there, <laughs> there are so many of them, <laughs> them that it's like, which one do I pick? Um whew. There was, well, you know, there's, there's one that I could tell because it's, um, it, it kind of has a good silver lining to it, I guess, which is, um, is a long time ago. This is a long time ago in New York and I had gone in, I was bartending uh, as I did for over 10 years. You know, that's the other part of it. It's like, it takes a long time, you know? Um, and I had gone in for a, a soap opera, like a regular role on, um, on a soap opera. And, it, and it would not, not my dream job, but at the time I'm like, if I could, if I could make, you know, money and have a contract and everything, this would be amazing. And so I went in and I, I got called back and called back and called back. And next thing I knew I was on their set in Brooklyn for a screen test and it was, uh, me and two other guys. And, you know, it's pretty high pressure and all that stuff. And I felt really good about what I did. I, I, I remember feeling so good that I, I told my agent at the time, um, you know, I think I really got a shot at this thing. And, and it was like, it took so long to get to that point. It was probably over like a four week period. And two days later, the agent calls and was like, yeah, it's not going any further. You know, one of the other guys got it. And it was just this feeling of like, d- oh my God, I'm back to square one. Like, yeah, I went through all of these hoops and I have absolutely nothing to show for it. Like nobody cares. Oh, you screen tested for it. Nobody cares. Did you get the job? No, nobody cares. And it's, it's, you know, oh, you got to get up and go bartend and you got to, you know, and it's like, you've, you've kind of played out this whole potential you know, life, that's what happens every time you go in for an audition. If you get it, your life does change for that period of time. And when you don't, you have to, it's like you almost imagine this entire scenario. And then they're like, nope, it's not going any further. And you're like, wham, back to reality. And you, and you know, so now you got to go, okay, reevaluate. I think what kept me in it, when you ask like, what, Why did you get back up? It's just because the love of the craft and the love of telling stories and, and, you know, it's not about one particular job and where the silver lining is for this is that I I felt awful. I really, it's easy to say in an interview, yeah, I bounced back and whatever, but you know, you take a real hit, like you really wallow in it for a second and then you go, okay, enough, stop complaining and get back out there. And nine months later, I went in for another show that I had been in for, um, several times and had never gotten a role or whatever. And I went in for something that was like going to be a nice, um, a nice chunk of the whole fourth season. And it was a cool role and it was an incredible show and I felt right for it. And I went in and same deal. You go through callback after callback after callback. And it was, it was the Sopranos and I, I ended up, you know, at one point they said, you're the front runner, but they just want to see you one more time. And I had already been in for the producers. They wanted me to go in front of the creator, David Chase. And, um, and I thought at that point, I'm so close to this. It's the greatest show in television history. No way, man, this is, how is this going to happen? Like I've been, you know, you have all of those doubts in your head, you kind of quiet them, you go in and give your best shot. And I did, and I ended up getting it. And it was, amazing. And I look back to that soap nine months earlier and it's like, thank God I didn't get that one, you know, because Sopranos put me on, uh, I believe a much more prestigious path than I would have been on had I gotten the soap and not been available for Sopranos. So you just, you don't know everything from where you're standing. You don't know what's right down the road from you. Um, so you gotta pick yourself up and get back in the game or you won't have that shot you know, and you, you've got, it's like, you know, the baseball analogy, you've got to get up to bat. You got to swing the
1: bat if you're going to get a hit, you know? Um, do you now, as you go in for, in, uh, going for auditions and readings, do you taper your expectations? Like you talked about your minds running, you're automatically thinking about planning everything ahead. Do you taper those expectations or do you go ahead and just relish in what could be, uh, regardless of whether you do or don't get that role going in. Does that make sense? Yes.
2: I mean, I, I think what I try to do, and it's really tough, uh, is simultaneously dream big and have the, the highest hopes and the most optimism I can and the most excitement and passion about whatever it is that I'm going in for. And at the same time, um, try to divorce myself from the expectations of results because I've been doing this long enough to know that I've had times where I felt, I mean, I remember what, I remember one audition, I came out and I called my agent. And I was like, that's not happening. Like that sucked. And I ended up getting the part and I was like, I was like, really? Nobody, nobody beat me out for that. And for whatever reason I got that part, I'm not sure what it, what it was. Um, and ended up by the time it came around, I felt you know better about what I was doing, but I didn't feel great. And I got the job. And there are other times when I've gone in and I felt like I absolutely could not have done anything better. And I thought, there's no way I'm not getting this thing. And I don't even hear back, you know, or it's like, yeah, no, like, like, I'm not going to the next level even. Um, so it, it, it's, I've been doing it long enough to know, like, you've got to be excited and you've got to be prepared and you've got to be great every time out of the gate. But even with that, sometimes it's going to go well, sometimes it's not going to go well. And even when it goes great, there will be things. I'm too, I'm too tall. I'm too short. I'm too, you know, I'm too white. I'm too black. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. Whatever it might be, you will hear it, you know, and you can't control what you can't control. So you try to just Key, it's It's hard, but I've gotten better at it by doing it for so long. I think I've gotten better at like leaving it in the room. Um, but it's a daily challenge, man. It is a daily challenge. I'd be lying if I said that I don't still have all of those issues. I just think I have them managed a little bit better. And I have more faith because I draw on past on past experiences when I've been. You know, I I've been down and out and then I get something and it's like I believe now uh, (laughs) for the most part. It's like I always believe like that next one is right around the corner and and just stay loose and do what do what you're doing and keep getting better and something will come.
1: So right now on your show, you're you're through episode 46 aired. What is one consistent theme or point that you've seen throughout your episodes and show is is there one common thing that you see man everybody's doing this this is the key or have you found that everyone handles that rejection uh, that failure differently and it's up to each of us to to push those limits push those boundaries of experiencing failure to figure out what works for us
2: well it's a great question and um I mean, I have more than one thing. it's funny i've I've been asked to speak now on this topic of perseverance, uh, which has been really cool, and I, I'd love to do more of it. and it's um i've I've talked about the common threads through everybody because what I've done is, you know, I end up having actors, writers, producers, directors um, on the show because I know people in this business, but my interests lie in other areas as well. So I also have entrepreneurs. I have people who uh, were diagnosed with cancer, you know, at an early age, I have holistic healers. I've had, you know, New York times bestsellers. I've had, you know, Ironman world champions. And what I've found is that there are really common threads. I mean, all of them have taken something that was originally perceived as a failure or a, you know, kind of like a, a death sentence and turned it around. They've reframed it to see it as an opportunity to learn and to grow. And that's, that's a huge one that I've seen. Um, the other is everybody kind of, it seems like people have bet on themselves. And at the same time, <clears throat> a lot of them, particularly the entrepreneurs and, um, uh, you know, in people in business have learned how to not try to do everything themselves to delegate, to create systems and delegate so that they free themselves up to do the big thinking and have someone helping them out with some of the logistics. Um, those are two big ones. I mean, the list kind of, you know, kind of goes on, but I would say there are certainly, way more common themes than there are different approaches. Like the, the field that they're in and the way that they do it might be different, but I'm telling you, it's like the same, it's like you hear the same thing over and over again. So it's kind of cool. I'm, I'm getting my own masterclass from all these really cool people by picking their brain. And it, it to be honest with you, I've been just stealing from all of my guests. I'm going like, oh, I like the way they do that. I'm going to do that in my life, you know. And so it's like it's kind of a great, um, it's a great education for me as well as hopefully for everybody who's listening. And and from the feedback, it seems like it, it is for the listeners as well.
1: So, what is one thing that you encourage your listeners, your community, that our community can take hold? In terms of pushing the limits of failure and becoming more comfortable with that process, do you have a daily activity that you encourage? Do you have something that you would recommend that they try in order to gain more comfort starting out if it's someone that is terrified of failure?
2: Here's what I would say. And I got to credit my dad for this because he used to say this. um, He was not an athlete, but he was – always uh, an an extremely supportive dad, uh, and he still is, and um, my mom as well, but the phrase I'm going to give you comes from my dad. He would always say, failure is just opportunity in disguise. So you cannot, in my opinion, you cannot really learn or grow or, or transform if you are not at least at the risk of failing. You know, I'm not saying you have to fail, but I do, I do think you will fail. I mean, if you look at the greatest people in history, they've all had major setbacks, major failures. You can't get anywhere if you expect to not get hurt or bumped or bruised. I I don't think, you know, so, so I think if just that mindset, if you talk about a daily practice, it would just be to, to go into your days knowing, you know, in, in big picture topics and also in little smaller interactions throughout the day, you gotta, you gotta swing, you gotta take some risks or you're not gonna, I don't know. I just don't think you're gonna get anywhere. I mean, think about it. Like if you didn't, if you were too scared to go in the car because the statistics of, of automobile accidents, well, you wouldn't get anywhere. You know, it's like, you're taking a risk. Every time you get in that car, you can, you can get in an accident, you can die. But like, are you going to live your life that way? No. You know? So that would be the big one is just like, you get one
1: life, you may as well reach for something, you know? I love that. I love that, man. And I think that's obviously incredibly applicable, no matter where anyone's sitting is to evaluate the risk. And a lot of times the risk of doing nothing is, is much greater than of actually taking action. And it's crazy how many people don't look at it that way or, or fail to actually see the truth behind that. It's always safer for them on the sidelines.
2: Well, think about it, you know, as you say that I'm just looking up, I'm in my, my studio, which is also an office and I do some writing and I've got these, I've got this like story structure thing on the, on the wall here. And the first 10, if you think about this, if you're listening and you know, you, you don't have to be in my business, but you've seen movies, you know, you love movies or whatever. If you think about the setup of a, of a film, you've got the protagonist and they're presented with, with a bunch of different things that need to be fixed. Right. And they're going to hopefully go through this transformation by the end of the film, they turn out to, to have gone through the fire and they're in a different place. But what, what they call it, this one particular guy who, who you know, has written all these screenplay books. He calls it, he calls that setup stasis equals death. So it's like, if you stay, if this character stayed the same and never got that phone call or that accident or that, you know, opportunity or whatever it was that happened in the movie to kick off the movie, if they stayed in this stasis period, it would just be a slow, slow, grind until their death. But this, whatever it is, this catalyst that happens, that's why we watch the movie because it puts our protagonist through this ordeal is what really forces that character to grow and become all that they can be. But if you're not putting yourself in those positions to be challenged, then you're not really going to grow to your full potential. That's
1: so, so that's my thoughts on it. Dude, I love that. I, I love that. And I think that's huge for anyone listening to be able to take away and to understand and start applying. And, and obviously, it's not something that you just immediately say, oh, well, I'm going to immediately stop worrying about failure now. But when you really sit down and, and do your pros and cons list and evaluate the risk of stasis versus the risk of taking action, it, it always with one shot at life, it always usually leans you t- more toward action. All right, Matthew, man, one, I want everybody listening to check out your show, 10,000 nodes. I think it's a great podcast, but two, how can people get connected with you with the message you're talking about more in perseverance and grit and just facing no, but continuing to move forward? Um,
2: I would say, well, thank you for, uh, for saying that so that the, you know, people can connect. I would say, you know, on Instagram, it's at Matty Dell, which is M-A-T-T-Y-D-E-L. Um, you can follow that on Twitter and Facebook. It's at Matthew Del Negro. I don't feel like I'm quite as as active there as I am on Instagram right now. Um, in terms of like, you can also email the podcast. It's info at 10,000 com, which is one zero 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 NOS.com. And, you know, ask any questions or whatever. Um, and, uh, Goliath is coming to Amazon. It's going to be released season two with stars, Billy Bob Thornton. That's June 15th. So that's next week. I'm really excited about that. And, uh, yeah, I think that covers, oh, and just, you know, 10,000nos.com if you want to go see all of the episodes and, you know, what it's about, or you can go on iTunes or Spotify and, and hopefully subscribe there would, would be great. And if you if you dig it, please leave a review and tell your friends and all that stuff. Dude,
1: love it. And we'll be linking all of this in the show notes. And Matthew, man, I appreciate you taking some time out today to share some wisdom, to encourage folks and, and obviously to tell them to keep moving forward despite hearing no
2: thank you so much jake and just before we leave i just wanted to you know tell you because i'm so impressed with what you're doing it's it's so cool this this podcast and i i kind of love that you're doing yours is more short form than mine but i love it it's like you get in get out and you get right to it and um it's it's really cool to see so congrats
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To learn more, visit competeeveryday.com To connect with Jake or contact the show, email us at podcast at And as always, keep competing every day to be better than you were yesterday.